We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA championship. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus Magic tonight. Kicking off a four-game road trip for the Lakers. Hopefully, they can get a win against Orlando. I'm going to talk a little bit about tonight's game, what we can expect, who's playing, who's not. Yikes. Both teams dealing with a bunch of injuries. We'll talk a little bit about what we hope to see out of the Lakers in this one. Have a few news items to get into as well. We need to talk about the minutes. There are some in the national media that are losing their minds over the minutes that LeBron is playing, the minutes that Anthony Davis is playing. Could there possibly be a reason for that? I'm going to dive into that, and if it's something we need to worry about moving forward. Plus, we're going to get into the mailbag, some of the fallout from the Lakers' last win, and what it can mean moving forward for the team. And... We need to kick things off with this. You know, the NBA's in-season tournament, some calling it the mid-season tournament, focusing on mid. Um, it kicked off last night. All the games, the tournament got going. And look, I, let me let me say this. I am not anti-in-season tournament. In fact, no, it's, it's the opposite. I've been on the side of the in-season tournament. I've been telling people to chill, people who are, being negative Nancy's not in favor of the tournament trashing the tournament before anything's even started saying this is dumb. We're not going to pay attention to it. We're not going to watch it. All that sort of stuff. Nobody's going to care about the end season tournament. I've been saying, give it a shot, give it a chance. And to be fair, I thought we had some pretty good games. I don't know. So I had, I saw some people on social media saying they felt like the intensity picked up a little bit because of the tournament. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. But I'll tell you one thing. The courts, oh my gosh. They are, they're a problem. They're a problem. Let me put it that way. And I did see a few people who said they liked them. I just can't. I just can't. I mean, look at this, folks. Podcast listeners don't get to see it. But you know what? Podcast listeners, all I'm doing really is I'm saving your eyes. That's all that's happening. Be, be thankful. All right. Look at this. This is the Denver court, right? And all the courts, they took the same basic idea. A bold color, that stripe down the middle, the tournament trophy in the middle of the floor. Look, 
the tournament trophy in the middle of the floor, it, it brings back fond memories of the NBA Finals trophy being on the Finals floor. But I think this goes too far. But YouTube viewers in the comment section, let me know what you think. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about this, but let me know what you think about the tournament and the courts themselves. I think, look, when I saw the renderings of these courts, when I saw the drawings, right, the, the images the NBA put out, I thought, okay, but actually seeing the floors in real life, it's too much. It's too much because here's the problem. Here's the problem with these courts to me. It actually takes away from the product, and that's the game. Isn't that the whole point to focus on the game of basketball? And to me, the colors, they're just too loud. It's its to the point where, and maybe this will change once we, we become a little more accustomed to it, but right now, it's distracting. It's distracting. You've got the best athletes in the world right now on this court. The best basketball players at the, playing at the highest level. And we're drawing the attention away from them with this floor. That was the way I felt when I'm watching these games. And I'm curious to see what other people felt. Now, I'll, I'll say this. I thought the Bucks floor. The Bucks floor. I know they're trying to buy into the whole cream color, the whole cream thing that the Bucks have going. Um, the the cream color, it looked closer to a traditional floor, and it made me think, why not just do that? Why not just do the stripe down the middle, do a regular court, so you've got the NBA hardwood on either, on either side. If you want to make it something special, do the stripe down the middle, do the trophy or whatever, but then at least you still have the majority of the court is NBA hardwood. Yes, you will instantly, you tune into this game and you know that it's something special. And that's the whole point of this, right? The NBA is doing this so that when you tune in, you go, whoa, what's this? I can't tell you how many people that I know that are, you know, would, would consider themselves casual NBA fans. Message me, what's going on with the floor? What's happened? What is this thing? What is this tournament? They hadn't heard of it. And the NBA has gone to great lengths to try to promote this tournament. But when I look at the Lakers floor and all that yellow, I'm getting a little bit nervous. <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous about how it's going to be watching that particular game. Um, the, yeah, that could be that could be a little interesting, right? With that much yellow out there on the floor, it could be a bit blinding, frankly. Could be a little bit blinding. And so that's something where on November 14th, we get Lakers versus Grizzlies. That's in LA. The tournament for the Lakers kicks off November 10th at Suns. So we're going to see the, the Suns court. But we're going to see this Lakers court November 14th. I'm a little worried about how bright it's going to be. I hope it doesn't take away from the game because I'll tell you, that was what I noticed with most of the games. I thought the courts were too much. They were too loud to the point where they were a distraction. I get it. You want it to look special. You want it to feel different. You want it to be something that it gets people excited. But man, I think we went too far. I think that at this point, you flip on a game right now with these courts out there and you're beating people over the head with the fact that it is an in-season tournament game. I think we can be a little bit more subtle than this. And unfortunately to me, it took away from the on-court product. But let me know if you agree with me in the comments section down below. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about the minutes too. So as of right now, Anthony Davis leads the NBA in minutes per game. 
40.2 minutes per game for Anthony Davis. And I get it. On the surface, you look at that and you go, uh-oh, that's not a good thing. You've got a guy who is as injury-prone as AD is, and he's playing that many minutes per game. That's a little bit scary, right? Then you look, LeBron James, 13th in minutes per game, 35.6 minutes per game. LeBron James, 38 years old, in case you haven't heard that before. I know it's a major talking point. 38 years old, 39 in December. It's not that far away. We're counting down. And he's at 35.6. D'Angelo Russell, another Lakers starter, 36.4 minutes per game for D'Lo. So what could possibly be going on here? Why do we have three Lakers in the top 13 minutes per game? Is, is Tom Thibodeau now coaching the Lakers and just burning through minutes like crazy? No. No. It's the overtimes. It, it blows my We've got people who are upset at how many minutes these guys have played. And look, I, I think there is, look, if two weeks from now, Anthony Davis is averaging 40 minutes per game still, yeah, we've got a problem. But knuckleheads figured out that the Lakers have played in two overtime games. In five. They've played five games. Two of those games have gone to overtime. Guess what? There have been five overtime games in the NBA, period. That's it. Five overtime games in the NBA. The Lakers have played in two of them so far this season. When we're talking about a five-game sample size, two games that go to overtime, and you add five minutes because LeBron's going to play all those minutes, AD's going to play all those minutes, you add five more minutes onto your total, that's going to skew your averages. Now, I will say AD is probably still, even, even with the overtime accounted for, he's probably still playing a little bit too much, a little bit too much. Like when I go and I look at that AD minutes per game in the non-overtime games, Anthony Davis in those games still creeps up a little bit. The non-OT games, 38 minutes against Orlando, 39 minutes against the Suns, those are a little bit high. Those are a little bit high. But we also have to keep in mind that the non-OT games, with the exception of Denver, were all close. The Denver loss opening night, AD only played 34 minutes, but it wasn't a close game. Other than that, all four games have been really close. And so that's going to bump up your minutes for your stars. What's going to happen as the season goes on is, number one, you're not going to play in as many overtime games, fingers crossed, hopefully. And then number two, you're going to get involved in some blowouts in either direction. There are some games where the Lakers may get blown out. There's some games where the Lakers are going to blow out their opponent. And in those nights, AD is going to play 30 minutes, maybe less, right? And he's going to get to rest up a little bit. And those are going to pull the average down. Right now, you've got the overtime games and the fact that four out of the five games have been very close and that's pushed more minutes onto the starters. So people who are panicking over Anthony Davis playing so many minutes, you're crazy. You got to look at the context and understand exactly what is really happening here. Again, if two weeks from now, AD is averaging 40 minutes per game, I take it back. We've got a problem and he's going to break down five games into the season. Now, no need to sound the alarm just yet. They just so happen to play in some overtime games. It's like amazing, right? That there's actually a, an explanation for this stuff beyond just the Lakers are dumb and playing AD too many minutes and leaning on him too much or playing LeBron too many minutes. No, they're very well aware 
of what's going on. They're very well aware of how many minutes their players are playing. It's not like this is a surprise to them in any way, but what they are doing is dealing with overtime games that have come up this early in the season. And so that's inflated the minutes. Nothing more, nothing less. All right. Let's talk about the Lakers and the Magic. And on the title for this, I said, who's still standing? Because that's really what's going on here. Who's still standing? Lakers and Magic. I put a video out on the YouTube channel yesterday breaking down the injury report. Suffice to say, a lot of players are out on both sides. Wendell Carter's got a broken hand. Markel Fultz is dealing with a groin issue. You've got uh, Gary Harris. Uh, Fultz was a knee. Gary Harris, I think, was a groin. Anyway, there's there's a bunch of injuries on both sides. Um, Fultz, Harris, Wendell Carter. Sounds like they're probably going to be out. Wendell Carter's indefinite uh, for the Orlando Magic. For the Lakers, Rui Hachimura still in uh, concussion protocol. He's out. Vanderbilt, out. We knew that. Gabe Vincent, out. We knew that. Talked about that a little bit yesterday. And then we've got, of course, Torian Prince. He's the one guy who right now is questionable. He's dealing with patellar tendonitis on his knee. That was what scratched him from the game against the Clippers right before tip-off. So now we're waiting. That's all we're waiting on at this moment is to find out, is Torian Prince going to play? And I'll tell you what, this, it, it matters. It matters for this game. Is Torian Prince a world beater? No. But if you look at the Lakers roster right now, they have eight guys. That's all they've got left. That's all they've got left. You know, it's funny. I get people that in the some of the comments section that get mad at me for mentioning Jalen Hood-Shafino. Um, as a guy who's out due to injury, no, he's not part of the rotation typically. But when you get down this low in terms of available players, healthy players that you can put on the floor, every guy matters. Yes, if everybody's healthy, Jalen hood is not part of the rotation. But that's not where we're at. So yeah, I'm going to mention Jalen hood Shafino is still out. Um, he's still out dealing with his bruised knee. So not to say the Lakers would want to play him a bunch of minutes, but they've got eight guys right now and Max Lewis. You have eight guys who are credible NBA rotation players, and then you have Max Lewis as a break glass in case of emergency. And given with the situation here, because an eight-man rotation in the regular season is not the norm, yeah, you would probably like to have a second break glass in case of emergency guy in Jalen Huchifino. But if Torian Prince can play, that at least bumps you to nine players who are credible NBA rotation players. Again, I don't count JHS in that mix. I don't count Max Lewis. Obviously, JHS is not healthy, but Max Lewis, I don't count either. He's just there in case you literally run out of players you can put him in. Because it's not fair to him to throw him into a full NBA game right now and expect him to be a key contributor. But you have so many guys out hurt right now, and we're five games in, that the Lakers are going to be playing a very short rotation against the Magic. Now, that said, they are the favorite right now to get the win in Orlando. They should be the favorite. That Orlando team, they're scrappy. They fight hard. They're not the easy win pushover that we think of when we think of the Orlando Magic. But this is still a game the Lakers should win. Ideally, this is a game the Lakers will win and not have to push LeBron and AD major minutes. Last time they played Orlando, they did. I didn't think the Lakers played that well that game. It wasn't all that inspiring of a win. The Lakers won by, by three. Orlando had a chance to tie the game at the buzzer to send it into overtime. Gosh, could you imagine three overtime games for the Lakers, but they shot 29, almost 30% from three in that game. That's what I would like to see the Lakers uh, improve upon. You shoot a decent percentage from three, cut down on the turnovers. They had 16 against Orlando last time around, and off you go. You do that, 
do those two, two things, and he should be in pretty good shape. Also, Orlando, 12 offensive rebounds the first time around against the Lakers. Cut down on those as well. That would go a long way towards fixing your issues. The Magic last game, uh, last time these two sides played, put up 95 shots. The Lakers just 79. Why? Because the Lakers turned it over more and gave up more offensive rebounds. That's how the Magic stayed in this game. The Lakers were the much more efficient team, but the Magic were able to get a higher volume of shots due to turnovers from the Lakers and their own offensive rebounding. Now, without Wendell Carter, that obviously takes away some of their offensive rebounding capabilities. He, ha- he only had two, though, last time the Lakers played. Jalen Suggs, who is a problem for the Lakers. His defense, his tenacity, and he had three offensive rebounds for the Magic. So you got to cut those down. If you're a little bit more efficient, you can put this Magic team away, and the potential is here for the Lakers to be able to drag those oh-so-concerning minutes for LeBron and AD down a little bit by getting to rest them a bit in the fourth quarter. The potential is there. Again, the Magic are better than we tend to think of them as. We think of them as this sad sack team that is just never going to be any good. They're getting better. They really are. They're accumulating some young talent, and their talent is growing. Um, But they're not there yet. And if the Lakers play well, well enough, they should be able to get some rest for their guys. Torian Prince playing would certainly help, again, with that rotation, with their depth, with the overall minutes. That's the other piece to the minutes problem. AD, LeBron, they're playing a lot of minutes last game. There weren't many options to play those minutes. You didn't have a lot left. Um, so the Lakers hopefully will at least have a nine-man rotation for this game. If no Torian Prince, if he's not a go, then that'll leave them again with an eight-man rotation with Max Lewis as a break glass in case of emergency player. But um, the upside, Max Christie gets plenty of minutes given the the injuries to uh, specifically to Gabe Vincent, and, and it should give opportunities for some other guys to shine. Cam Reddish, I thought, played really well defensively uh, against the Clippers. So hopefully those guys can continue to show their stuff. But again, Lakers, Magic, tonight. Hopefully you guys will come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation, but it is a 4 o'clock game time, Pacific time, for Lakers versus Magic. But come spend an early evening on Saturday with us. Watch Lakers versus Magic, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Hang out with us while we're watching the game. All right. From here, you know, one of our weekly segments is we take a look at our selections over on Underdog. And if you guys know our code over on Underdog, it's Lakers Nation. And if you use that code when you're signing up for Underdog, you get uh, your first deposit doubled up to $500. So you head over to to UnderdogFantasy.com, find them in the App Store, and then don't forget to register with that code, Lakers Nation, and you get your first deposit doubled up to $500. You must be 18 plus and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.mncpgambling.org. Again, I look at that. My mind is blown by that deal. So you you deposit $500. Underdog matches that. They deposit $500 for you as well. That's... um. Pretty unbelievable, but we do our picks each week, and I want to get into mine. This is what I've got for tonight's game. This is what I'm going with. Underdog on the pickums, which is what I like to do. Um, you can explore if you like to, to go this route as well, but um, there's other options, but I like to do the pickums, and um, all you got to do is pick higher or lower. 
And so I've got LeBron, 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I picked lower. I picked lower. The reason for that is I think the Lakers are going to cut LeBron's minutes down in this game. I think they are going to push minutes onto other players. I think the Lakers can take care of the Orlando Magic, and that's going to knock down his minutes. And so I'm going to go lower on LeBron, 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. LeBron doesn't want to have to play all these extra minutes. He mentioned it to his team against the Clippers. So I think LeBron hits the lower side on that. Franz Wagner, uh, higher than eight rebounds and assists. He's been averaging more than that. And uh, so I went higher than that. He's a very versatile player. I always like it when I can stack up a couple of categories together. So if he happens to have a high rebounding game, that can make up for a low assist game or vice versa. Usually there's uh, a little bit of an edge there when you've got both of those. But nonetheless, um, Franz Wagner, he's averaging, I believe it's about nine when you add up those two categories right now in the season. So I'll take that. Anthony Davis, lower than two turnovers. You know, two turnovers has been the most that he's had in a game this season. And he's had a number of games where he's actually hit the, the hit below that. So right now, two turn two turnovers has been his ceiling. So with that being the case, I'll, I'll gladly take lower than two turnovers here. Again, he has not had more than two turnovers in a game yet this season. No Wendell Carter. I think Anthony Davis is going to be able to, to smash uh, in the post uh, against Orlando. Yeah, Jalen Suggs can dig, dig down and get some steals and things like that, but I'm going to trust that AD hangs onto the ball. And again, I'm predicting the Lakers will get out to a lead, which means AD probably plays less minutes. Less minutes means less opportunities for turnovers. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, again, the Lakers are shorthanded. I do, especially at the guard positions. So D'Lo, I think the minutes are going to be there for him, uh, regardless of what the score is looking like. I think he's going to need to be out there on the floor. And he's done a nice job both getting boards and assists. Um, eight and a half rebounds. I went higher uh, than eight and a half rebounds and assists combined. And then with Austin Reeves, I believe the bounce back is coming. If I'm going D'Lo assists, I don't want to also go Austin Reeves assists because that's lowering my chances of both those things happening in a game. Obviously, if one player is getting assist, another one isn't. So in this case, I went Austin Reeves higher than 13 and a half points. It seemed like he found some confidence at the end of the game against the Clippers. I'm hoping that the shooting, we see some positive regression there, and that will lead him to a scoring outburst of over 13 and a half points. And again, I, I think the minutes are going to have to be there because Gabe Benson is out. Um, the Lakers aren't going to have much choice but to play D'Lo and Austin Reeves some major minutes. So I think the scoring opportunities will be there. So that is my five-man uh, selection. If you guys want the tail, go ahead or go in there and make your own picks. Again, head over to Underdog Fantasy and then use that promo code Lakers Nation to get that deposit match. All right, let's get into uh, some of our mailbag questions here. A lot of these coming from the post game from Lakers versus Clippers. A lot of these digging into what happens next for the Lakers, that sort of thing. And you guys who are longtime listeners or watchers of the show, you know the way this works. I'll take these questions. And I don't always address the exact question. Sometimes I do, but I'll use these questions to kind of springboard into a lot of topics, rapid fire style, and turn them into a lot of the key talking points that um, that I would get into. So let's get to it. Uh, Adam said, a confident Austin Reeves and D'Lo is dangerous offensively. Yes, I've, I've been talking about this all summer. I love the offensive fit of Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. The only question is, are you better 
having more of a 3 and D style player in the backcourt next to either of them, and then you stagger their minutes, is that better for the team as a whole? But on paper, both guys offensively can create. Both guys can stretch the floor. Both guys can operate on or off the ball pretty well. Um, defensively, there's some concerns, and that's where you wonder, is a 3 and D player, oh, dare I say, like a KCP-style player, is that actually the better fit next to either one of those guys? And I think you could make an argument there. David said, Lakers second chance points by game. Denver had 17, Phoenix 14, Sacramento 20, Orlando 20 tonight against the Clippers 10. If we clean this up, we will have a much cleaner product. Uh, start Wood and go Lakers. So David brings up a great point there. And again, that goes back to Orlando giving up all those offensive rebounds that the Lakers did last time they played this team. They got to clean up that offensive glass. Um, LeBron talked about it, that that's one of the big differentiators with Christian Wood on the floor with LeBron and AD is that it allows them to do more on their own defensive glass and clean up the offensive rebounding opportunities for their opponents. So um, I do think we need to see plenty of Christian Wood in this game tonight. Look, the stats don't lie. The bigger lineups have simply worked for the Lakers so much better than the smaller lineups. Part of that is due to the poor shooting that we've seen from Austin, um, as well as Gabe Vincent. D'Lo has turned it around, but nonetheless, the bigger lineups have been significantly better for the Lakers. I'm playing those lineups as much as I possibly can. As many minutes as I can. I don't know if I switch my starting lineup right now, but I'm playing that lineup as many minutes as possible. Clean up. That's going to be one of the keys to tonight's game. Clean up the offensive glass. Uh, Martin said, Lakers found a defensive identity in the second half. I sure hope so. I sure hope so, because defensively, they really dug in against the Clippers. How much of that of it was they were determined to break that streak? But this team hung their hat on defense last season. That needs to become a thing again this season. Robert said, Wood played incredible. Key blocks and rebounds along with 10 points. How I wish uh, Cam finished that dunk as well. If you guys didn't see it, Cam Reddish, he tried to end Ivica Zubats with a dunk against the Clippers. I want to see him finish one of those at some point. I, I was very pleasantly surprised with what we saw out of Cam Reddish. People look at him and say, well, he didn't shoot well, or you know, Kawhi scored a lot, PG scored a lot. If you watch the game, you saw Cam Reddish played pretty well. I would like to see him continue to do that. Uh, we did get a, a new YouTube channel member there, Silver and Black Nation. Again, if you guys want to check out the membership program, I think we've got some cool perks. Actually just added some new emojis for members, like just added them about an hour before I recorded this and dropped a new members-only video uh, yesterday as well. Super Dope Hip Hop said LeBron fourth and overtime, now averaging 11.6 points per game, leading the NBA. Um, well, that's amazing. And he adds that he's shooting 71-45-71. Absolutely absurd. And LeBron has been fantastic. The flip side to that is this team was built to not have to rely on LeBron so much. And so while on one hand you say, good Lord, LeBron James at 38 is doing this and how incredible is this? But this needs to stop too. Well, let me rephrase that. It shouldn't be necessary. It shouldn't be necessary. Because remember that the, this roster build, this was put together to have a healthy LeBron come playoff time. If the Lakers have to lean on him Every single fourth quarter, that's not going to happen. Again, I'm not worried about the minutes right now because the overtimes are skewing that. But if it's 
if you're digging, a lot of this goes back to the first quarter. The Lakers have had a double-digit deficit in four out of five games coming out of the first quarter. If you're constantly having to fight back all game long, that's going to skew LeBron's minutes up because they're going to have to really have a strong closing kick in the fourth quarter. The Lakers need to come out, jump all over teams, build a lead, maintain that lead, and then sail along in the fourth quarter while LeBron and AD are kicking back, resting on the bench. I'll tell you what, it, close games are a blast. When it's not the Lakers playing, I'm always hoping for a close game. But man, for the Lakers, I could really go for a wire-to-wire, stress-free blowout victory. Could really go for one of those <laughs> right about now. Uh, Janos said, a great ending for Austin Reeves' confidence. Delo's great. Great minutes for Cam and Max. Bring on the three bigs with AD and your, your wing stopper and goat LeBron as your point. Let's go. So he's saying play LeBron plus Hayes plus Wood plus AD. Man, talk about a supersized lineup. But you know what? Darvin Ham out of necessity threw that group out on the floor and it actually worked. I talked about it on our last show, why it worked and why I wouldn't be totally opposed to seeing it again. Purple and gold pulse. Westbrook is winless in the Battle of L.A. There you go. Fierce said, I was at the game, Trev. Let's go. Oh, that was a fun game to see then. Hope you got to celebrate. Um, 3-0 in person. I'm so glad that Austin got out of a slump at the end there. The building was electrifying. Go Lakers. That's right. We know it's a Lakers home game, but even when it's a Clippers home game, we know it's a Lakers home game. Uh, by the way, I, I've mentioned this theory before. I have this theory, and it's, it's that there are no Clippers fans. There are no real Clippers fans. And when I say, look, I understand. I know. I know. Some people will say, oh, well, I know somebody who's an actual Clippers fan, all that kind of stuff. I get it. I don't mean literally no Clippers fans. But I mean, the majority of the people who would call themselves, who would say, I am a, quote, Clippers fan. What's really happening? Two things. Two things are really happening. One is there a transplant to L.A. And they grew up hating the Lakers. Right? So they get to L.A. They can't root for the Lakers. They're going to pull for the Clippers because not only are they not the Lakers, right? They're in L.A. They're not the Lakers, but they're also an enemy of the Lakers. They're also uh, an annoyance to the Lakers. And so they're going to pull for the Clippers, right? So again, are they true Clippers fans. No, it's not that they love the Clippers. They just hate the Lakers. And they're a transplant coming from somewhere else into LA. And so got to go with the Clippers. That's part of it. Again, I think a lot of the quote Clippers fans, their, their fandom is really rooted in hatred for the Lakers. Not so much love for the Clippers. Um, the other situation is this. You grew up in LA. You grew up in, in, in California. And you're one of those contrarian types. One of those people who something's popular, you can't like that. You can't be a fan of what's popular, right? You, you're you're that you're that person, you're that guy. Well, actually, I don't even really like Marvel movies because it's not those aren't even real movies. No, I I only like Oscar winners, whatever. Right? You got to be the the contrarian at all times. And look, for some people, that's just that's the way they feel, right? And we've all got friends that are like that. But the contrarians, 
will become Clippers fans because you can't say that you're a Lakers fan. Can't say that you're a Lakers fan because that's the popular thing. I know I'm I, I don't do the popular thing. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be a Clippers fan. See, everybody's a Lakers fan, uh, but not me. Not me. I'm I'm special. I'm special. I do something different. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a Clippers fan. Are you really a Clippers fan? No, you just want to continue to be that guy that's the, the contrarian in the room, right? Um, that is those two types of people, I think, make up the bulk of the Clippers fan base. And so that's why my, my assertion is there's no true Clippers fans. Only people who are anti-Lakers. And of course, that's all tongue-in-cheek, but that's my, that's my theory on Clippers fandom. Uh, Big Mike Indy. Always love taking shots at the Clippers and Celtics. Always feels good. Uh, straight from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Welcome in from Thailand. Started watching the game over breakfast. Uh, ended up with one girlfriend mad. LOL. Worth it to see this game. The GOAT. Well, I mean, all you can do is, number one, hope she forgives you. But, uh, but the ideal situation was a game that that's good, that is that good, she gets drawn into too and becomes a fan. And if not, well, maybe there's some other questions. She has to start asking. Jeff said, we still need Vando's defensive energy. Yeah, the Lakers are missing that. There's no question. Again, he doesn't get reevaluated um, for his uh, bursitis until the Lakers get back from their road trip, four-game road trip. And then he gets reevaluated to figure out what things look like from there. Uh, James said Austin needs to be 20 and eight to be a contender. I think that's setting the bar a little bit high. Esvans said great defense from Cam. Kind of disappointed in that last foul. Better to let Paul George miss than foul and give him easy buckets. Uh, Cam fouled Paul George. Again, I didn't see it on the angle I saw. I didn't see contact. Some people say he kind of grazed his elbow. If he did, it's a foul. Look, just barely touching somebody's elbow um, is enough to throw off somebody's shot. And so that's, I think that should be pretty consistent that if you do hit somebody's elbow, even if it's just a little bit and they're, and they're shooting, that should be a foul. And so if that's what Cam did, then I get it. But uh, I thought he was playing pretty good defense. Alex said, Austin did things on defense that don't make the stat sheet. Yep, he did. Now, Austin got picked on a few times too, and he will continue to. But um, Austin did do some good things as well. Michael, last time we beat the Clips, we won a chip. We're winning it all now confirmed. I hope you're right. Also, Russ. Oh, man. Michael. Russ finally helped us out in the clutch. Russell Westbrook burns. Justin. Austin will be back when he hits the three consistently. Four for 19 from three this season. Yep. But 19 shots is still small sample size territory. I believe Austin will bounce back. C. Rez. Finally, Ham plays bigs but went three guards after shaking my head. You know, the Lakers talked about this after the win over the Clippers because the Clippers went super small. The Lakers felt they had to respond in kind. And so they did. They did. Awesome said, good man. My good man, Trevor. Yes, we need Reeves to have a good game, but give D'Lo some big love. Man, D'Lo has had two really good games in a row. He's looked like preseason D'Lo, which is fantastic. He was struggling a little bit to start the season. And you know the way we react to early season games. People were questioning, oh man, D'Lo, is he... Is he really going to be bad again and all of that? Nice to see him um, really start to get going here. 
Uh, this one says, I think Austin Reeves may be more valuable coming off the bench, running the offense for the second unit like he did at the end of the third. Get a better defender with the starters. We don't need his offense as much. I do think there's an argument to be made. I think Austin is a starting caliber player. I do think there's an argument argument to be made that Austin and D'Lo are at their best with a 3 and D guard next to them. Now, again, there's benefit to having them next to each other as well. But I think you can make the argument that a traditional 3 and D style player would be best, which would then feed into, do you go Torian Prince of the two and put Christian Wood in the starting lineup? I've had a lot of fans saying that. I'm personally still not where I would change my starting lineup yet, but I I think you can make that argument. I think that could be a a real discussion. All right. Blacks Masterson said, so where's the trade D'Lo fire ham and trade the whole team crew at? Sometimes we tend to jump the gun a little bit, don't we? Now, again, the Lakers, they beat the Clippers. Um, Had they lost to the Clippers, we'd be singing a very different tune. But... Yeah, we, we ride the roller coaster. Zay, did you see the three big lineup? Yep, talked about it. I loved it. Re, man, Clippers getting all that from Paul George, Kawhi, and Russ. They're going to be tough with uh, when Harden plays. Maybe? So I think the James Harden trade, I think that it uh, raised the Clippers' ceiling, but also lowered their floor. Like, that could completely combust. That's now possible with James Harden there. It's also possible they could be great with him. But it, it could go down in flames with James Harden there too. Uh, Esmond said, why did Cam foul? I talked about Cam a bit already. He said, I can already see the Paul George excuses. Um, face reality, Wood is nice, but he's good for one air ball per game. You know what? If Christian Wood is going to play the level he's been playing at um, since the season started, I will take an air ball per game. I will take it. Already insanity said master lock the refs for that tech on Hayes. That was one of the worst technical fouls I've seen on the season so far. That technical on, on Hayes. He was literally trying to protect himself from crashing to the court after dunking that ball because he was running so fast and had so much momentum. He had just hung onto the rim and the referee gave him a tech for that. The, the alternative, I mean, if you're Jackson Hayes, if that's what it takes, take the technical foul because the alternative is you fall to the floor in a very dangerous situation and, and could have been could have missed games, could have been seriously hurt. Um I was I was hoping the, the NBA would just rescind that because I thought that was ridiculous. Pagong, more minutes for Max. Master lock the officiating. I think Max is gonna have to get minutes given how many Lakers are injured. Silver and Black Nation, our new channel member, and no regrets 21 became a new channel member as well. Austin Reeves is gonna be fine. Every good player has slumps. Teams are going to figure him out. Keep shooting it. It's going to fall. His availability to play, make, and help out Braun so Braun can be as fresh as possible. Yep, that's part of it, right? Taking the playmaking burden off of LeBron. I don't think the Lakers have done enough of that. They did go to Austin a bit late in the game against the Clippers. Hopefully, we see more of that tonight against Orlando. I don't want LeBron to have to bear the burden of dragging the team to a win in the fourth quarter or in overtime. I'd like to see other guys be able to do that, and I think the Lakers have the personnel to do it. Right now, they're hurting for players because they've got so many guys, well, hurt. But nonetheless, I think this team is one that can take the burden off of LeBron. It's time to start doing it. No regret. Said, yo, I just joined the club. There there it is, the membership. Can we give a star in your role to D'Lo? Two games in a row, he's shown up. 
He really has uh, been excellent. Hopefully that continues tonight against Orlando. You know Jalen Suggs is going to be pressuring him quite a bit. So I'm going to keep an eye on Delo's turnovers. That's something that I'm going to really be watching in tonight's game. Alex Amerling, love what we're getting from Christian Wood. Really hope we keep him. I'm going to do a breakdown of what the Lakers cap situation looks like in the near future and what it's going to take to, to keep Christian Wood. Short story, it's not going to be easy. Now, what happens with D'Lo, his player option, what happens with LeBron, That those things certainly matter in this. But based on the way things are looking right now, I don't think the Lakers are going to have the full mid-level exception available. Um, in fact, I, I can say it's almost impossible if the, the roster stays as is, um, that they would have the full mid-level. They're just not going to. And I think it's fairly... it's it's. It's possible they won't even have the taxpayer because of their second the second apron. And if that's the case, keeping Christian Wood would probably not be possible. Because again, if he keeps playing like this, he's not going to get a veteran minimum next summer. He's going to go for more. So it may get challenging. Now, that doesn't mean look, if Christian Wood plays this way all season and he says, I love being a Laker and I want to stay, and the Lakers say, We want you to pair with AD for the next three, four years, whatever it is. Um they'll make the moves necessary to, to make it happen. But without making moves right now, it, it it's going to be a challenge trying to find a way to give him more than a veteran minimum. John Drake, what's his ham going to do about bad starts? He's got to do something. And again, this could just be small sample size, but we're starting to get into that uncomfortable territory where you start saying, is this just what they are in terms of starting so slow? Because you can't keep doing it. Can't keep doing it. Drew Potter, crazy enough, the eight-man rotation may have helped Darvin Ham by taking away some of his some of his choices. He didn't have a choice, so he wound up playing bigger, and the Lakers win. Jamin Stoudemire said, "Odds AD stays consistent, Defensive Player of the Year candidate." I have look. If Anthony Davis plays sixty-five games at least, in my mind, he should be the Defensive Player of the Year. I believe he's the best defensive player in basketball, and he should win that award. MVP conversation. If he keeps playing the way he has, aside from the Denver game, if he plays this, if he were to play this way in north of 70 games and the Lakers are in the top three in the West, yes, he's in the MVP conversation. And Brad gifted a membership, which is something that's kind of cool. You can actually gift memberships. DJ, are you having endgame PTSD from last year? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, great to see a win even without Gabe, Rui, and Vando. Imagine the defense when Vando comes back. He he should be able to be a difference maker on the defensive end. A few other new memberships coming in. Uh, Mikan said, should have attacked Paul George on, with five fouls. Yeah, that's been a, a pet peeve of mine. The Lakers for years now have been doing this where you get a fifth foul on somebody and then they stop attacking that player. They let him get away with having five fouls for way too long. In my mind, you go at that guy. Because worst case... Worst case, if you don't get the foul on the player, they're going to play Ole defense. They're not going to want any contact, and they're going to let you get right, right to the rim. Best case, particularly if it's a good player, they're going to foul out. They're going to foul out. They're going to commit the foul, and they're going to be gone. With Paul George going nuts from three, get him out of the game. Go at him. Worst case, you get right to the rim because he's going to say, go on by because I don't want to risk fouling you. Great. Getting banned at the rim, either driving kick or just go finish. I'll take that every time. 
Paul George isn't going to play defense, and he is going to play defense. Put him in a spot where he has to foul and say goodbye. Go take a seat. Soy Saucy, great win for the Lakers. Uh, Trevor, I blame the JH trade, but I had three chats on last live show uh, not getting seen. Um, The James Harden trade he's talking about. Three chats on the last live show not get seen. Um, I, I, and you guys, you're seeing me do it right now. If your super chat message doesn't get read on a live show, that just means it's going to go on the next show. Or sometimes in this case, the, the show after that. We'll still get to it. We'll still get to it. Hey, just keep in mind, when we get a lot of questions and comments coming in. We sometimes don't get to all of them in one show. And in that case, we put them on the next show. DJ. Did anyone else have end-of-game PTSD from last year once we went to OT? Okay, we talked about that a little bit. Do we think Rui plays Saturday? Alex says, let's go LA. Well, we already know he will not play against the Magic. Max Reeves, Wood, Hayes, AD lineup was legit. It was kind of cool to see. It was a super-sized lineup. And again, I wouldn't mind seeing it against Orlando. Ashley, LA wins. But if we're sub-500 by the trade deadline, would you do a LeBron a solid and send him back home? LeBron's home is LA now. It's where he lives. It's where his family is. Uh, considering the East is weaker, so trade him to Cleveland. Um, I don't think LeBron wants to go anywhere. I don't think he wants to get traded. The only way you do it is if LeBron goes to the Lakers and says, I want to be traded. Otherwise, there's no chance you do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. MHB Manny with the super chat. And we do appreciate that one. Uh, said, yes, sir. LFG. Ricky said one more thing before you, you get off here. We have now officially started the year better than last year. That's right. And it only took five games. The Lakers have already surpassed the win total from 12 games last season. They started two and 10. In five games, the Lakers are three and two. Miguel Zambrano. Oh, no. Said, I'll admit it. I turned the game off after the first. Turned it back during the fourth. Clippers make the late comeback being superstitious. I figured that was the issue. So I turned the game back off. Glad we won. Oh, okay. Miguel, I'm proud of you. You did the right thing. In that situation, you turn the game off, things improve for the Lakers. You turn the game back on, the Clippers start doing better. I'm not superstitious. 
a little stitious. I want to quote the office. But if there's any chance that somehow the basketball gods saw Miguel and his Lakers watching and determined who was going to be winning or losing based on that, as slim as the possibility may be, you can't risk it. You can't risk it. Miguel, you did the right thing. You took one for the team. You took away the joy of watching the Lakers win against the Clippers for yourself. That is self-sacrifice. And you did it to try to make sure that the Lakers got that W. Miguel, we salute you. You did the right thing. Witten Friedland said, Daddy, not unless you know something I don't know. A.W. said, love this team, but I'm not sure about our perimeter defense. What would be a route to securing Alex Caruso or a McDaniels type player? We're not going to get McDaniels, um, but Alex Caruso, you would need the Bulls to really struggle and uh, and then to go into a, a sell mode before the trade deadline. And then maybe you could figure something out from there. Sarab said there was another indecision moment with D'Lo during transition. I hope he gets better. LFG. Yeah, that was the one area. The Lakers have been struggling in transition. It's been a little sloppy, a little clunky. So we'd like to see that improve for sure. Uh, Jim Wynn said, that's disrespectful to Seattle fans, Trev. At least they've been to the finals. But yeah, Lakers Nation, we're sleeping well tonight. I said, it's time for the Clippers to leave LA. I said, go back to San Diego, go to Seattle. They need a team. Touche, Jim Wynn. David said, I had a five-player parlay on the game. LeBron double, double in OT and the win. Let's go. Never thought I would benefit from a reddish three-point foul. Well, I'm glad, David, that going to OT worked out for you. At least somebody benefited from it there rather than the Lakers just winning in regulation. Uh, Chef Cavalli, Max Reeves, Wood Hayes, AD lineup was legit. Yes, that was a fun one to watch. All right, so tonight against the Magic, will we see that lineup again? That supersized big lineup. That's something to keep an eye on. Is Torian Prince a go? Hopefully, the Lakers can get a win, and that would push them to a not one, not two, but three, three-game win streak, which would be absolutely fantastic to see. Again, kicking off a road trip tonight against the Orlando Magic. Four games on the road. This is what's coming up. Orlando tonight on Monday, Miami on Wednesday at Houston, and then Friday, the first game of the in-season tournament for the Lakers, and they are at Phoenix. You can only imagine how bright that court is going to be. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining the show. Again, make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. Crazy, but we are pushing towards half a million subscribers. Do me a favor. Help us out with that, that effort. Hit that subscribe button. And then over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us there as well and give us that five-star rating and review. I love reading the reviews over on Apple Podcasts. So if you wouldn't mind, throw one in there. Till next time, everybody. Well, till game time, I guess. We'll see you at 4 o'clock Pacific time over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Till then, see you and stay safe.